This podcast was produced by Big Night Media, a proud partner of Big Night Entertainment. Hey, you know what? It's really fun to be here. Y'all know that theme music. Pierce. Buries it. Tatum drives down and throws it down. This is my MC. What's up, what's up, what's up, what's up? How we doing, how we doing? And welcome to episode 155, episode 155 of the Banner Banter Podcast. I am your host and favorite Boston Celtics season ticket holder, Timmy G. How's everyone doing? You can find me on the Twitter machine at Banner Banter 18 or on Facebook and Instagram at Banner Banter Podcast. And as you know, I'm part of the Big Night Media team with some super duper podcasts like Boston Uncommon with Joe Maz, those girls you know, the Marky P Show is back. Thank God the Marky P Show is back. Uh, drinks after work. Eat the damn cake. I'm the promoter. He's the DJ. Let's be clear with Kayla. Burnt toast. Dirty, flirty, and surviving. It's always something with JD. Music you're missing. A chance to strive in a new podcast called Rambling with a Purpose. You can go check those out. Uh, go over to the Big Night Media Instagram page to follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, whatever the case may be. You can also check out Big Night Breaks if you're into sports cards. They break sports cards Every single night on whatnot, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, you name it. You can also go down to the Card Vault at Patriot Place. And don't forget to check out Timmy Ticket Tuesday every Tuesday if you want to go get free tickets for Big Night Live. Oh, yeah. BigNightShop.com, Big Night Media Tab, Banner Banter, merchandise. Go buy it. I think you'll enjoy it. All right. We have a lot to talk about. I know I say that every single podcast because I have a lot on my mind about this Boston Celtics team. The month of March is going to be crazy. NCAA tournament, March Madness. I know that means nothing to the Celtics, but basketball-wise, there's just a lot going on. But I really think the NBA could even be crazier than March Madness this year. No joke. I think the NBA is wide open, especially with Chris Paul being hurt with the Suns. You really don't know how far they're going to fall. You don't know what's going to go on. Can Devin Booker carry them? The Warriors are playing well. What the hell is going to happen in the Eastern Conference? There's so much going on in the NBA. It's really cool to see. I'm all about parody and all that stuff. So I'm I'm really into what's going on in the NBA right now. So I have a lot to say. With that being said, the Boston Celtics are currently 36 and 27 and are the sixth seed. They're two games up on the Raptors for the seventh seed, aka the play-in. The Celtics do not want to play in the play-in. One game behind the Milwaukee Bucks for the fifth seed, one and a half games behind the Cleveland Cavaliers who are the fourth seed, and two and a half games behind the Philadelphia 76ers who are the third seed. This week, the Celtics went 2-1 and one on their post-All-Star break road trip. Uh, should have been 3-0, and but whatever. They beat the Brooklyn Nets 129-106. to They beat the Pistons 113-104, and then they lost to the Indiana Pacers last night 128-107. to uh, You know, the Nets game, it was what it was. They... The Nets didn't have anyone. Celtics dominated as they should. We move on. Pistons game was frustrating. They should have never gotten... It should have never gotten that close at all. Like, at all against the Pistons. The Pistons are one of the worst teams in the NBA. But for whatever reason, whenever the Pistons play the goddamn Celtics, they play like the 
Golden State Warriors. It's insane. And then the Pacers game was annoying. It was dumb. It was infuriating. Have you ever heard of Ose Brissett? Or Brissett? Second-year player from Syracuse? Yeah, me neither. Well, he dropped 27 points. He's shooting 32% from three this year, and he went six of nine from three and just absolutely destroyed the Celtics. The Pacers shot 51% from three. Celtics couldn't make a stop. They kept hitting absolutely insane contested shots. The Celtics only had 10 turnovers. The Pacers had like 14 or 15. And they lost the fast break battle. They didn't get back on defense. I understand it was the second night of a back-to-back. But those are the type of games the Celtics should win. And yes, I understand that Al Horford didn't play, which hurts on defense. But these are the games that could make the difference between home court or the play-in. Seriously, it could. And Oh, come on, Tim. That's a little drastic. It's not, though. That the Pistons loss before the All Star break and this Pacers loss. Imagine if the Celtics were actually thirty eight and twenty five right now, thirteen games over five hundred. That'd be insane, absolutely insane. But they're not, and it's stupid and it's sad. Ugh. But this week it gets even tougher for the Boston Celtics. Three very tough games. Now I know the Atlanta Hawks are like. 9th or 10th in the Eastern Conference, but the Celtics always have a hard time with them, so that's why it's a tough game. So, TD Garden, Tuesday night, 7.30 p.m. on TNT. Thursday night, TD Garden, 7.30 p.m. on TNT against the Memphis Grizzlies. And then Sunday, TD Garden, 1 p.m. on ABC versus the Nets. So a lot of national television play for the Boston Celtics, which means there's going to be a lot of eyes on this basketball team, and they have to perform. And we'll get into that in a little bit. But this week, I want to recap the month of February for the Boston Celtics and what ne- what needs to continue and what has to stop immediately. Now, as as frustrating as the Pacers' loss was, and I don't care if it was the second night of a back-to-back, this team had, you know, a very, very good February. But the question is, can it continue? I mean, these next t- 10 games are going to make or break the Boston Celtics season. The Celtics in the month of February beat their opponents by an average of 14 points. When that happens, like, when that happens, what happens when it's a tight game, like it was versus the Pistons late in that fourth quarter? The Pistons are a bad team. Can they take it to the next level and win? Yes, but is it really taking it to the next level or are you just a better basketball team? What if they go up against the Nets, who... Well, from every from every report I'm seeing, who are going to be 100% healthy minus Ben Simmons on Sunday, 1 p.m. TD Garden, the Celtics are up two with five minutes to go. Can we trust this Boston Celtics team to close them out and win a tiebreaker? And and what I mean by that, if the Celtics do win this game, they win the season tie, the season tiebreaker with the Brooklyn Nets. They win the series 3-1, to one, so if they have the same record, the Celtics would actually get the higher seed. So it's a very important game, not because Kyrie and KD are playing, most likely. It's because they also win the season tiebreaker, which could help them move up in the standings as well, come the playoff time, better seeding, the list goes on and on. So can you trust this Boston Celtics team up to, with five minutes to go, against a very good basketball team? I don't know that yet, and if if you think that you can, God bless you. Your positivity is way better than mine, and I'll have to talk to my therapist about that. But this team is playing well, but they really haven't faced a lot of adversity. They they haven't. You know, they went above and beyond versus the 76ers on, on the road on that Tuesday night TNT game and just blew them out of the water, so they didn't really face a lot of adversity. It was a, it was a blowout right from the start. But can they do that versus the Warriors on the road in a couple weeks? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, the Celtics have to go in these next 10 games at least 7-3. and three. 
at the very least. I mean, if you want to lose to the Nets, fine. The Warriors, fine. The Grizzlies, fine. But you have to beat the Hawks. You have to beat the Hornets. You have to beat the Pistons. You have to beat the Mavs. You have to beat the Kings. You have to beat the Nuggets. And you have to beat the Thunder. All those games, you just have to win. Because the 76ers in their next 10 games will probably go 7-3. and three. They're playing the Knicks. They're playing the Cavs twice. The Heat, the Bulls, the Nets, the Magic, the Nuggets, the Mavs, and the Raptors. And only three of those games are on the road. So when you look at that, you're like, okay, let's say they lose to the Nets, Bulls, and Heat. You know they can beat the Knicks. They absolutely kicked the shit out of them last night. They could probably beat the Cavs twice. They can beat the Nuggets. They can beat the Raptors. They can beat the Mavs. And they're of course, they're going to beat the Magic. So... You're not going to be gaining really any ground there over their next 10 games. And then you have the Cleveland Cavaliers, who could probably go 6-4. and four. four of those games are on the road, but currently Darius Garland, Rondo, and Karis LeVert are hurt for them. So that could hurt them. But they have the Timberwolves, most likely a win. Hornets, eh, maybe. 76ers, they'll probably lose to them twice or at least split. The Raptors could be a tough game. Pacers, they should beat. The Heat, Bulls, Clippers, Nuggets. So you could gain some momentum on the Cavs there. The Bucks, they also have a tough run as well. And, you know, they could go 7-3. and three. They could go 6-4. and four. They could go 5-5. Five and five. The, the Bucks are very up and down. I mean, they just lost at home on Saturday night to Kyrie Irving and the Brooklyn Nets. They didn't have Kevin Durant. They didn't have Ben Simmons. Kyrie took over. I think he dropped like 38 points in that game. A very, very impressive performance from Kyrie. But the Bucks have the Hornets, the Heat. The Bulls, the Suns, the Thunder, the Hawks, the Warriors, the Jazz, the Kings, and the T-Wolves over their next 10 games, and six of those games are on the road. So the Celtics do have an opportunity here, even though with a tough schedule, to actually move up in the standings because of what other teams are facing. But what should and the Celtics continue to do? I mean, in the month of February, they they had a best, what was it, 9-2 and two record in the NBA, but they only scored 115 points a game, which was 10th best in the league. But then they also had the ninth best field goal percentage. And they also made the eighth most three-pointers, which was great. Twelfth most three-points attempted, which to me seems like a lie. I feel like they've taken the most because every single time the Celtics shoot a three-pointer, I die inside. I swear to God, I do. And they're 15th in three-point percentage in the month of February. Now, it's obviously an improvement. I mean, November, they were 23rd. December, they were 21st. In January, they were 9th. But they're still not a very good three-point shooting team. Over the last three games, they're shooting 16, or they have the 16th best three-point shooting percentage. But this team just has to stop living and dying by the three. It's driving me nuts. I mean, they they shot 34% versus the Pistons and the Pacers. They're barely winning and getting blown out in the other is not a good sign. Like, they barely beat the Pistons. And then got blown out. And they, both games, they didn't shoot that great from three. Not ideal. I mean, they shot 35% from three during their 10-game win streak. But they also almost shot 49% from the field. Which, to me, I feel like is far more important. I feel like that's the stat you got to focus on. Those are the analytics you got to focus on. The Celtics are not a three, a good three-point shooting team. I don't think they're going to be adding any shooting anytime soon. Maybe in the buyout market, but we don't know what that's going to be like. And you know some of the top con- contending teams like the Bulls and the Heat are just going to throw the shelves at everything that they can. But as good as the field goal percentage has been, 49% during that 10-game win streak or 9-game win streak, whatever it was, very impressive. But they have to get to the free throw line more. Only 21 attempts per game 
in the month of February. That was 18th best in the league. That's pretty bad. And they're a very good free throw shooting team. 80% in the month of February, which was 8th best. But during the entire season so far, they're the third best three point, uh, free throw shooting team in the league. Third best free throw shooting team in the league. Get to the line. If you know you can hit your free throws, why don't you score points that way versus, well, maybe I can hit this three-pointer. Ugh. But the Celtics also have to continue the basketball as well. They really do. And limit second-chance points. Celtics had 47 rebounds a game in February and only allowed 10 offensive rebounds per game. Love it. That's fifth best in the league. Love it. Need it. Have to have it. That's what I'm talking about. And then 27 assists per game, folks. 27 assists per game. Seventh best in the league in the month of February. In January, they were 21st. In December, they were 23rd. And in November, they were 24th. And what I mean by that is not 21 assists per game, 23 assists per game, 24 assists per game. They were literally the 21st. They literally had the 21st most assists per game, the 23rd most assists per game, and the 24th most assists per game. And then, what do you know? They start winning, and it's the 7th best in the league. What do you know? Something that I've been preaching about actually works. No joke. And because of that, we get to have a Jalen Brown dance party. Yeah, that's right. Mm, mm, Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Jalen has been getting better and better and better. No doubt with his assists. He's averaging 4.2 assists in the last 13 games. He has four assists with six with he, four games with six assists or more. In two of those games, he had an eight assist game and a nine assist game. But then, bummer, big buzzkill. Against the Pistons, he had a big, fat, stupid goose egg. And that just kills the vibe. Now, last night versus the Pistons, he realized, okay, I got to get guys involved more, which is a big step for Jalen Brown for sure. But to get a big fat goose egg and assist and then on the road just ain't it. That's not ideal. But Jalen Brown's assists are going up, which is something I've been begging for for years, months, centuries. I love it. But the Celtics have gotten 25 assists in 25 games this year, and they are 17 and 8. So let's do some math. 17 minus 8 is 9. Okay, so they're 9 games above 500 when they have 25 assists or more. Okay, what's the Celtics' current record right now? 36 and 27. 36 minus 27 is 9. Oh my God, the Celtics are currently 9 games above 500. So what do you know? 17 and 8, 9 games above 500 when they have 27 assists or more. And this season, they're 9 games above 500. Hmm. Hmm. What do you know? Ball movement. It works. But here's the thing. The defense, the defense, which has clearly been unbelievable. The best part about this, it has to continue. And that's all about effort. That's all about not being tired. And it's a long NBA season. Al Horford got the night off last night because he's an old man. And they don't want to wear him out. But with a defensive rating of 101 and the closest team was the Miami Heat at 105 and the Cavs at 107 in the month of February, that's banana land. I mean, the Celtics averaged the most blocks per game in February, but were in the bottom of the league in steals, which just shows they're playing good, solid defense, not letting defenders get by them, not forcing themselves into passing lanes, maybe overextending, biting on a pass. That's great. They get back on defense in February. They only allowed an average of 10 fast break points, but did allow 15 points off of turnovers, which has to go down ASAP. But, you know, good luck scoring in the paint versus this team. Rob is making a huge difference, clearly only allowing 43 points per game in the paint, which is the fourth best in the league in the month of February. But the big issue here is 
their pick and fade defense. That needs to improve pick and pop, whatever you want to call it. But when when you switch as much as the Celtics switch, and as great as the Celtics are when they switch, you have to be ready to go for that pick and fade, especially against a good three point shooting team. And it bit them in the ass against the Pacers, and the Pacers absolutely destroyed the Celtics with pick and roll, pick and pop, pick and fade, whatever the hell you want to call it. And the Pacers are not a good three-point shooting team outside of Buddy Heald. So once they face a good team like the Hawks this upcoming week, it's going to be pretty scary for this basketball team. If they can't, if they over-switch and don't hedge properly, it's going to be tough for sure. So this is it, folks. It, it, like, it really is. You want this team to compete with the best. You wanted them to win a lot of basketball games. You want them to be tested. These next 10 games over the next two to three weeks is going to put our confidence through the roof or under the ground or just make us say we are who they thought they were, a middle-of-the-conference team with a bright future. And I would really like to go into the playoffs with sky-high worth of confidence. This team needs to go 7-3 and three over these next 10 games. It's very important, especially, like, I don't know if they're going to catch the Bulls or the Heat. The, the, the Heat are finally healthy again. Good luck. The Bulls are starting to get healthy again. Good luck. But they can catch the 76ers. They can catch the Cavs. They can catch the Bucks, especially the Cavs and the Bucks. you got to go 7-3, and three, but you got to start off strong, especially at home, because... I believe out of the 10 games that the Celtics have, I believe six of them are at home, if I remember correctly. Come on, Tim, memorize the schedule, you absolute psychopath. Okay, so if you think about it, the Celtics have three on the road. They go to the Hornets. They play the Pistons, play the Mavs, so that's five, and then they play the Jazz. So, yeah, they have... Da, 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 give or take... Yeah, I think it's like five... I, I think it's five and five. Yeah, because they play the horn. Yeah, it's five and five. Thank you for wasting your time with me there. That was absolutely ridiculous. Okay, speaking of ridiculous things, let's talk about everyone's favorite ridiculous segment of the week, Stud and Dud of the Week. Hit the music. And now it is time for the Celtics Stud and the Celtics Dud of the Week. Okay, this week's stud and dud of the week for episode 155 of the Banner Banter Podcast. Last week on episode 154, I called out Peyton Pritchard, saying that he has to step up and he was the dud of the week. And well, this week he did that and he is now the stud of the week, gaining the trust of Timmy Gorham, his teammates, and Ime Adoka. 13 points a game, 3 assists, shot 47% from 3, 55% from the field. You can tell his confidence back and that is needed off the bench for this team. DW9, a.k.a. Derek White, has been hit or miss a lot lately and was not very good in that Pistons game. He was That was probably his worst game in a Celtics uniform. And Peyton Pritchard stepped up. And if Peyton Pritchard can step up, that's huge. And he showed up in that Pistons game, basically saved the team, and played closing minutes in the fourth quarter. Big-time important minutes, hit big-time important shots, got other guys involved. A absolutely terrific performance from Peyton Pritchard. I think he had like five or six assists in that game too. So props to Peyton Pritchard for literally stepping up. He played well against the Pacers too, still shot the ball pretty well. And, you know, he didn't get a lot of time versus 
um, the Nets, whatever. It was a blowout. It was weird. Ime Adoka played the players way too much. Jalen Brown almost got hurt. I can't believe I didn't talk about that earlier. Thinking about it now just makes me very upset, but we're on. we got to stay focused. But Peyton Pritchard is your stud of the week, and the dud of the week is something I talked about in episode 154. Can the play of number 12 continue? Can his three-point shooting continue? And, well, since the All-Star break, number 12 is shooting a awful shooting percentage a not ideal percentage of 16 percent from three and he was god awful like god awful versus the indiana pacers when he started for al horford he was awful he played pretty well versus the pistons i'll give him props there no doubt about it got to the line five times very impressive but he has to make layups like this dude just has to stop missing layups for the love of god and then the fact that during the nets game this dude asked for a lob from Jason Tatum on a fast break, and Jason Tatum ignored him. Bravo to you, Jason Tatum. Grant Williams, you can't even jump over a Sunday Boston Globe. Like, like seriously, if you were to get your thickest book, like, what's, um... If I don't even know if Grant Williams could jump over the Bible. Like, no joke. What's that really big war book? P- something war. Anyways... Grant Williams can't jump very high. And I think Chris Forsberg did a stat where he's only caught like eight lobs in his entire career and he's only made six of them. So good call on Jason Tatum. But number 12 of this, since the All-Star break has the second lowest plus minus on the Boston Celtics team out of their eight rotation players. Not great. Not ideal. You want to know what that is? He's a plus two over these last three games. A plus two. Time Lord is even, which is a little upsetting, but Time Lord is averaging a double-double since the All-Star break. So I'm fine with that. But everyone else is a plus five or more. So number 12, this was one of the things that I talked about. Can number 12 keep it up? Maybe he just had a crappy week is what it is, but he has to keep up his reasonable play before the All-Star break going forward for sure. All right. Before we leave, let's preview the three games that we have this week very quickly. The Hawks game, Tuesday night, 7.30 p.m. on TNT at TD Garden. I mean, the Hawks are annoying. It's just not a very good matchup for the Celtics. They always give the Celtics a hard time. Trey Young dropped 40 the other night. They absolutely destroyed the Toronto Raptors by 27. And I know I say this every single time, and it's very repetitive, but don't try to outshoot this team. I just talked about how the Celtics need to stop shooting three-pointers, get to the free-throw line more. The Hawks aren't the best defensive team in the world. Pressure them on the ball, and please be available and ready and focused to be ball, you man, so no one sneaks into the corner for an open three. Focus on the ball. Know where your man is. Pistols out. Please. Open three-point shots against the Hawks is going to bite every single team in the ass. They're very, like Herder's a good three-point shooter. Bogdanovich, Gallinari, Trey Young, you name it. They're a very good three-point shooting team. Don't try and outshoot them. And it looks like John Collins will still be out of this game, which is a you know obviously a big thing because John Collins is a very good player. So Time Lord has to win that battle in the boards, in the paint against Clint Capella. And then I can trust the Celtics to do everything else well to win this basketball game. And then Thursday night, which actually is my sister's birthday, and I think I'm taking her to the game, so happy early birthday to my sister. Uh, the Grizzlies game, Thursday night, 7.30 p.m., also on TNT. It's going to be awesome. The Grizzlies have been arguably the biggest surprise this year in the NBA. No doubt about it. John Morant is playing at a all NBA possible MVP type level. Desmond Bain is showing more and more 
why the Celtics should have NBA draft night regrets. I mean, can you imagine if Sadiq Bey and Desmond Bain were on this team? Seriously, think about that. Ugh, that'd be insane. That would just be insane. Can you imagine if Sadiq Bey was replacing Aaron Neesmith and actually playing and contributing, and then Desmond Bain was replacing Peyton Pritchard? Banana land. Absolutely banana land. But more important, another NBA... How can I say this the right way? More importantly, another NBA draft night regret could be not drafting Brandon Clark and drafting number 12. So I am calling out my friend Jack Simone from Bannertown, USA, one of the hosts from the great podcast called From the Raptors, writer at the Celtics blog. He does it all. He's very knowledgeable about the game of basketball and, as far as I know, is the main supporter of the number 12 fan club. And I want to make a bet with Jack right now. I'm a big Brandon Clark guy. He's a big number 12 guy. Points, rebounds, assists combined. Number 12 versus Brandon Clark. Thursday night at TD Garden at 7.30 p.m. on TNT. If I win, Brandon Clark has more points, rebounds, assists combined. You have to tweet number 12 for a full week. You cannot say Grant Williams' name. If Grant Williams wins, I will take you to round one, home game one, in the playoffs at TD Garden. Now, this is if Brandon Clark plays because I believe he has a left eye injury right now and he's day-to-day. So he should be back by Thursday and should be fine. He's a tough guy. So that's the bet, Jack. Points, rebounds, assists combined, number 12 versus Brandon Clark. No tweeting Brandon Clark, uh, no tweeting Grant Williams' name, or you get to come to the very first home game for the Boston Celtics in the playoffs. That's the bet. But on a more serious note, the Grizzlies are good, like real good, and they don't give a fuck who they are playing. They just went to Chicago and beat the Chicago Bulls. They are the 24th worst three-point shooting team in the league, but they also score the fifth most points per game. They love to run. You got to get back. You got to defend. They love to get to the free throw line. They love to attack the rim. They're pretty good defensively. Not going to be an easy game. And then Sunday, 1 p.m., TD Garden, the place should be full. The place should be rocking. Kyrie Irving will be back since it's a road game. The rumor has it Kevin Durant will also be there. So throw everything out the window that you've learned over the last two weeks playing the Brooklyn Nets and absolutely destroying them. Andre Drummond's going to have a good game. Seth Curry will be a different player now because now he's going to be like the third or fourth scoring option versus the first or second scoring option you got to defend you got to make the extra pass you can beat this team it won't be easy but that's okay the celtics need a tough game and that's it so that's going to be it for episode 155 of the banner banter podcast thanks so much for listening as always you can find me on the twitter machine at banner banter 18 or on facebook and instagram at banner banter podcast please stay safe i hope everything over in ukraine ends soon that's just so stupid what russia is doing to them and hopefully that ends soon and hopefully the boston celtics can get some basketball wins real real soon and yeah thanks for listening as always we'll talk next monday toodles and noodles x's and o's bye-bye sorry but i'm gone i'm history And I dedicated my life to the Boston Celtics. I dedicated my life to the fans of Boston. I did my very best to please each and every one of you. Good night.